What's good? It's a new episode of Inside the Green Room, and uh, sure. these next two weeks should be fun here with our little podcast team or our large podcast team, however you want to phrase it. Uh, because it is the playoffs, we got Donovan Mitchell and Desmond Bain. Who knows what we might get before the playoffs are all over. Uh, the next segment of the show, you will hear them talking about uh, the playoffs, their anticipations for it, how they, th- how they think it kind of shapes out. And then next week, there are some other questions that we asked them as well that I think our audience would definitely love to hear. So we'll have part two of Desmond Bain and Donovan Mitchell next week. This week, you'll hear them after the break where they talk about their playoff series. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell getting ready for his series against the New York Knicks and Desmond Bain about the potential of seeing the Lakers in the second round. But with that being said, let's focus on the first round. Cavaliers, New York Knicks. Uh, Danny, you know I do sports betting for a living at times. So uh, I'm all up in the numbers, bro. (laughs) And I don't know how to shake this thing out. Uh, Let me throw some numbers at you real quick. Points in the paint. Points in the paint defense. Knicks number one in the NBA in terms of points in the paint allowed at 45.9. Cavaliers number three at 46.3 points in the paint allowed. How about fast break points? Knicks, Cavs, both sixth and seventh in the NBA in terms of stopping fast break points. All right, so where are the advantages? Okay, Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, number three in the NBA in points off of turnovers, 19.4. However, the Knicks are uh, number five in the NBA in turnovers per 100, 12.7. So uh, they don't turn over the ball. So how about the Knicks? What makes them really great? What stat do they have that's pretty much in the elite tier of the NBA? Second chance point, 16.2. Number three in the NBA. However, the Cavaliers, number four at the NBA at stopping second chance points at 12.1. So Danny, outside of home court advantage, I'm not seeing, and obviously Julius Randle being healthy is a huge factor, but this looks like a slug it out, drag them out, fight to the last bucket type of series to me. I wonder how it feels for you. 100%, man. Um, I, I have to agree, and that's the reason why it's 4-5. <laughs> These teams are both right there, and this is probably one of the tougher matchups. The 4-5 is supposed to be the toughest matchup in the playoff series where there's not as much of an advantage. You have 3-6, obviously 2-7, 1-8. The reason why those higher teams get the more of an advantage um, because they got home court and because they won more games. Um, but yeah, these teams are, are very similar, damn near identical, especially across the board and in terms of the stats and you're looking at standings of defensive and offensive of advantages. Um, so it's going to come down to execution and who's going to do it. And I think also us getting home court helps us a ton, but who's going to execute for a longer minutes of the game uh, than the other team? And that's the little things, possession by possession, the superstars, I think going to do what they do. It's going to about the others. What can our bench do? What can their bench do? And I, I like what our pieces are, are able to, to give. And hopefully it's, a, and it's going to come down also coaching. So we're going to see what both sides bring to the table, what adjustments happen. And um, I said, the, the arena is going to be nuts on both sides. It's going to be crazy. The fans, the fan-based atmosphere, um, both teams are going to be competitive. It's going to come down to a lot of the small things. And I said, just execution and the coaching and seeing what adjustments teams make. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Obviously, the home court advantage leads towards you guys, uh, but maybe, uh, and I, this is not to discredit uh, J.D. Bickerstaff, uh, but he hasn't coached a, uh, had, uh, a playoff game yet as a head coach. Meanwhile, Tom Thibodeau has coached 61 playoff games, uh, and even in time, J.B.'s time as an assistant coach in Charlotte, Minnesota, and in Memphis, either missed the playoffs or lost in the first round. So it uh, should be very interesting. There's a lot of leans both ways, it's going to go down to the to the very last game. Oh, I want, Danny, I would love you to name 
Uh, he was an assistant in Houston as well, though, I believe. So yes, yes, where they time. did make it to the, yes, where they did okay. make it to the Western Conference Finals um, and did make it to the first round twice. So that is to be noted as well. Um, but I think the general NBA fan will probably say the head coaching advantage is with the New York Knicks, but the home court advantage is with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's going to be a fun series. I cannot wait for it to get started. I will say this, though, Danny, I'm going to name one, because you are also an analyst of the game, I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you to name one X factor going into this series, and I'll start. Uh, the X factor in this series, in my opinion, is one Emmanuel quickly who averages 22.6 points per game. Uh, at, when he gets minutes as a starter, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Julius Randle, so there's a potential for him to play a lot of minutes. Now, we all know he can score, but the one thing that has to be recognized as well. He's actually top 10 or top 20 in the NBA in plus minus leads the Knicks in plus minus leads the Knicks in defensive rating. And when they actually played against the Cavaliers, he had the best defensive rating on the team, 96.3. So uh, needless to say, I think the one off the bench, Emmanuel Quickly, who might win sixth man of the year, is going to be the New York Knicks X factor. And as somebody who covers the Knicks for a living, I think I'm qualified to do that. Uh, you are playing with the Cavaliers, so I think you're more than qualified to name the X factor on that end. Off the bench, I'm going to say Karis LeVert. Um, I mean, starters, obviously, there's a lot of people you can choose from. Um, but I think off the bench, our X factor is going to be Karis and what he can bring playmaking-wise, not just scoring-wise. Um, but defensively and playmaking wise for us offensively and and given Darius and Don the, the space that they need um, also said in terms of if you're looking at the starting lineup I think Evan is going to be the guy that we're going to be looking to, to to be able to change the series if he's you know they're going to be shifting off a lot of our guys I know that they're going to probably play close the paint some um, that's just an assumption they might not but off Isaac off Evan off Jared and if some of those guys hit a couple shots but if Evan takes advantage of that, not only on defense, by blocking shots and protecting the rim and rebounding. Because rebounding is going to be a big key for us, keeping them off the offensive glass. So if we rebound yeah. and able to run, and also those guys make a shot or two from the perimeter, I think that changes the game. So from the starting lineup, obviously Evan is going to be the guy. And from off the bench, I think Karras is going to be the X factor for us. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, all goes down starting on Saturday. Best believe next week we will have another episode as we will update what's happening in that series and also what's happening also in the NBA, particularly what might be happening with the Grizzlies uh, in their playoff series. So uh, with, note, with that being said, here's our interview with Don, Donovan Mitchell and Desmond Bain. Inside the green room with Danny Green, I'm Harrison Sanford. It is the playoffs, so you know we got to step our game up. In this episode, you not only hear Desmond Bain, Danny's former teammate, but you also hear his current teammate, Donovan Mitchell. Now, uh, Donovan, thank you to, uh, for joining the show, and congratulations on being uh, here for the second time around because Danny, my friend and co-host, has a real hard time <laughs> trying to bring his guest on for a second time. He's really opposed to doing it as much as our production team wants him to get guests more than once. But for you, uh, it looks like he's made an exception. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm honored. I'm honored. Yeah, we That's appreciate sure. you, man. That's not a congratulations, but congrats on the 10,000 points. Congrats on the All-Star. Congrats Thank on everything you. else. But we're pleasured, you know, to have you. We're uh, very humbled to have you on our show, man, especially for the second time. Um, but a topic that did come up when we talked to Dez was uh, how frustrating and tense this time is, the playoff time. And tonight we have the playing games. So speaking of that intensity and speaking of how emotions will rise, we all saw how Jaden McDaniels 
and limited himself from the play-in game and the rest of the season. We were talking about how often and actually how common it is for athletes to have a frustrating moment like that of punching a wall. When was it for you the first time that you knew that walls don't break from your hand? Uh, I got to say probably college, you know, didn't make sprint. <laughs> probably Rick Pitino didn't make the sprint time. He got there slapping the wall and, you know, one of the coaches was like, man, like you do that, like, you know, it's over for you. You know, and I've correct me if I'm wrong, but Kyrie did that at Team USA, didn't he? He and might he have. Up his hand. I remember We've that. all had that moment. I said, I was wondering if you it, ever it, it, punched the wall. I, I was feel, like, I feel for him, man. I feel for Jay. He played a hell of a year. You know, should be an all defensive team, one of the best defenders in this NBA, in the NBA. And, you know, it's tough to see him go out like that, man. I wish him nothing but the best. I wish, you know, Minnesota nothing but the best as they go forward. But that's tough to see, especially at that time of year. Um, so prayers up to him in his health, but you know, we've all done it. Every hooper's done it. Everybody that's watching is at that hooped or played a sport at a tense, high intensity level's done it. So, um, it sucks to see that, uh, for sure. So, for the record, you've never punched the wall, you're one of the very few. That I've never punched it, I've hit okay. it, I've never punched okay. it though. I'm not, okay. uh, definitely not punched. <laughs> so, you never missed time for it. All right, so you're nah. one of the smarter ones. You're yeah, one of the smarter ones that I, I, I learned early, wood. knock on wood, early, early teenage years. I learned at an early age not to put I punched wall probably was like you know 13 14 or so couldn't play the rest of the game so I learned early so it's surprising that some mm -hmm. guys that let later have experienced yeah. the frustration you know that later on in life but go ahead H yeah no Danny Danny didn't learn thought that the column didn't have uh didn't realize that the column didn't have enough padding on it so so yeah my <laughs> incident canceled himself you, you didn't get a chance to hear the incident all right so I explained I talked to Des about this we all know there's like the I was at Island Garden. They all have the, the poles with the pad oh, yeah. around. Yeah. Yep. And you think there's and some people have walls with the pad in them and you punch you thinking that there's padding. This particular pole did not did not have padding in it. So I punched right through the cushion and hit met steel. Dung! I was like, mm. oh, and you can't act like you hurt right away. You have to act like Facts. you got to play it off. Got to play it yeah, off. I, I, I learned from then not to trust padding anywhere in the building because it's it doesn't protect you the way it should, honestly. Even if yeah, it was padding. And, and to Donovan, uh, you you are quite the historian. You are correct. It happened in 2012 uh, during Team USA. Kyrie Irving slapped the padding on a gym wall at practice. He had to miss uh, some time going into training camp because of that. Yeah, so, uh, Jaden McDaniels, we hope you're back soon. A terrific defender. Unfortunately, we'll not see him in the NBA playoffs. Danny mentioned Island Garden. For those who are listening or watching, Island Garden is a gym in Long Island where Danny was getting his reps before getting to the pros in his uh, early amateur days. Uh, Donovan, I know you actually have somewhat of a connection to Danny with youth, youth basketball, but not with Danny, but his brother. Can you explain yeah. for those who are not aware? Yeah, I mean, um, I've known Danny and his family for, for a long time. Um, we played him and his brother played against each. We played against each other countless number of times. I forgot what team he was on back in the day. Um, I don't know if it was Renz or not. It might have been Renz, and Renz's might have been a little later. I know we did Panthers back in the day. I'm trying to. Remember I think it was Panthers. Was at first. I think Panthers okay. was first. Um, yeah. I knew Danny. And his, I knew Devonte and his pops uh, and Danny's dad um, early on, just through different tournaments. And you know, like you, you play AAU in New York City, like. You're going to run into the same people, especially if you're in the same age group over and over again. And um, obviously, Devontae went on to play at Indiana, um, you know, so it's pretty dope that life comes at you full circle like this. You know, you start your childhood off playing, you know, playing against guys, playing with guys and 
now here I am with with DG, you know, in his fifteenth year in my sixth. You know, it's pretty yeah. pretty uh, pretty special. Yeah, I'm old man. Um, speaking <laughs> of New York and gyms, did you get a chance to play in Island Garden before? Oh, I know you played at ISA. You had to qualify. Okay, yeah, okay. To qualify so you had to get there. Island Garden, ISH. You played in all the tournaments. All of them. All of them. And did there. did your family yeah. grow up New York Knicks fans? Nah, we were baseball okay. family. So we were okay. we were like we were baseball. Obviously, all met. Um, you know, obviously we root for the home team and whatnot, but we were all, uh, all baseball, uh, through, I was, like I said, are... I was a baseball player. Okay. But you have friends that were, that were New York Knicks fans. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. How is that? Sure. How is that dynamic of you, them rooting for you, but also rooting for the home team? <laughs> um, actually, honestly, bro, like I've, you know, when, when it's the regular season, you know, I think they root for me, but now I, t- I don't really talk to anybody right now. To be honest. It's, been like, <laughs> it's been like that for about a week and a half. So um, I would think that they root for my success, but at the end of the day, if they don't, I get it. Um, it's going to be an exciting series, but you know, as far as that, I've kind of cut all communication with everybody. We're not, I know um, hey, we're not friends until this series is over. Yeah, right? We'll, just, we'll talk later. Wait until it's over with. Yeah, I got a couple of homies that are like, man, I'm okay with you scoring like 20 plus a game, but I want the <laughs> Knicks to move the next series. And I'm like, I hear you, man, but my job is we, we ain't letting them. We ain't, you know what I'm saying? I, I never was a home team or Knicks fan. So yeah, Harrison, this guy, he, he has to, he's a friend yeah. of mine, but he can't even, can't even root for us, man. He has to, yeah, I can't even. He works, works for the garden. This guy works for the, the, the enemy. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, it's a, it's going to be a unique situation for me, Donovan, because I've always rooted for Danny, but now I, I am a MSG Network employee. So uh, the more oh, the wow. Knicks win, the more likely I'm I am to make money. So uh, unless Danny <laughs> want to supplement my income, <laughs> I ain't going to be too mad if uh, you guys take a help. But obviously, I'm rooting for you guys. Danny's the homie, and you've been on the podcast twice now. So I'm more than thankful for your time, and we'll be rooting for your success to at least a certain uh ex uh extent at least uh questions though about uh this season in general just talk a little bit of hoops what's interesting is you know we all know basketball and i would say most people in the national media wouldn't have picked the Cavs or the knicks to be the four or five matchup going into the season you look at the Mm -hmm. miami heat you look at how good the raptors have been traditionally obviously the hawks are around in the nets before the trade happened were seen as a top three team in the eastern conference uh, what would you say have been the keys for your team this year and as an observer of basketball for the Knicks to kind of exceed expectations leading into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at what we've done this year. You know, we have a lot of young talent that's coming in and taking a huge step. You know, I've done my job. JB's done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, we've surrounded ourselves when Kevin loved to start the year, DG the second end of the second part of the year with veterans that know the game and can really help out. And you know, I think we've all taken a step, you know, and I think that's why we've kind of, you know, gotten to gotten to the playoffs for the first time in a few in a couple of years and, you know, looking to do bigger things. And then you look at our opponent, you know, they're, they're a talented team, phenomenal team. But, you know, it's 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 not one of those things you can predict at the beginning of the season. You know, things happen, trades happen, different things happen, and both teams are playing at their best. Um, you know, this four or five matchups is going to be good. But, you know, as far as the far as we go, you know, I think we got a lot of guys that did a lot – taking the proper steps in their careers as far as going from being young guys and taking those steps. And this will be the first playoff series for a lot of them. And, you know, I'm excited for it. And I think we're all excited for it. But as far as we go, like, you know, we've done a lot of, you know, really good things through practice, through reps, through games, growth. Um, You know, obviously DG wasn't here to start the year, but, you know, things were trying to figure each other out early. And you're starting to see that build towards the, uh, the playoffs. 
hundred percent. I agree. I think also, even without the trades, I think with the habits that you guys have created and have, mm. you guys still would have been a four or five seed um, mm. because of how consistent you guys have been. And also, I mean, every team has bumps and bruises, but I think you guys were healthier than the other teams. Like even if the Nets kept KD and, and Kai, they still had injuries. Other teams had injuries and falling off. You guys, knock on wood, have been the healthiest, one of the healthier teams in the East. And hopefully we can stay that way throughout the remainder of the playoffs. Um, but I think the way you guys consistently have your habits and defensively have been number one for most of the year, yeah. that's what has been, you know, your staple and it would have can, you know helped your success and also keep you guys obviously in the four or five and a higher contender playoff contention uh, conversation. So I said, regardless of what had happened, I think you guys would have been there either way. And I could have, I would have probably predicted said seeing the first quarter, first half of the season of how you guys were playing defensively that I could say, you know, th this group is going to be in the top five of the East, you know, regardless of who was there and who's not. Yeah, Cavs number one in defensive rating for majority of the season here. So uh, obviously been playing very well. Uh, the atmosphere uh, during these playoff games will absolutely be spectacular if you consider all the storylines that go into this playoff series, particularly this one. Uh, but the atmosphere, regardless, if there were no storylines, is always electric at Madison Square Garden. Donovan, you're going to be able to play your first playoff game in Madison Square Garden. For those who will never play, Put on the same pair of sneakers you guys put on for those who don't will never fully understand can you try to make them comprehend what playing in Madison square garden is like and what you anticipate that feeling being like in a playoff situation i'll let you start donovan um i lied can we take that one out <laughs> okay, okay that's fine yeah, that's man. fine yeah. okay yeah. uh let me see all right we'll do uh we'll do okay I'll let Danny, I'll actually, let me ask, can I ask you that one, Danny? Yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. Okay, well, I'll, Dan, Danny will respond to that one, and then we'll go into the biggest the factor in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Bad, bad. So, Danny, you just go ahead. Um, For me, I think, uh, so this is year 14 for me, and I've been lucky enough to not have to, I've been in the playoffs every year. So, this is actually my first time playing in the Garden for a playoff series as well, and I've been in the East, I've been West, I've been both sides. Uh, so I assume that it's going to be electric. So it's the first time in 10 years or so since they've had a playoff team. Um, so I know there's going to be excitement. I know that, you know, our friends and family, we're all from there. They're going to be excited as well, but they're going to be rooting and supporting us. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm anticipating an amazing atmosphere. But that's what, you know, guys like Donovan, everybody else, the stars, you know, live for. They're going to come for this uh, to this stage and the, the, the light's going to be brighter. It's going to be a bigger stage. But this is the game they come alive for. I'm expecting a huge performance out of Don and everybody else on the team as well. And just ex just exciting and have fun with that moment and embrace that moment. So um, I said, I can't wait to see what it's like in our arena, Rocket Mortgage Arena, and also at the Garden, because I think I know both teams, both arenas, both fan bases are, are hugely excited. So it's the first time 50 win season in a while for the, the Cavs. First time making the playoffs without Bron for Cleveland and the first time for a while for the Knicks. So both fan bases are, are hugely excited about it. And I'm said, I'm anticipating an atmosphere that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, and I said, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. And as somebody who makes a living of breaking down matchups, uh, this one was really hard for me because things that you got thing that the Cavs do well, the Knicks stop uh, the things that the Knicks do well, you guys stop. Like for example, uh, points off of turnovers. Cavaliers are top three in the NBA in points off of turnovers, but the Knicks never turn over the ball. The Knicks are top three in second chance points, but you guys are top three in stopping second chance points. So I envision seeing a lot of games in both arenas, and it should be a 
a lot of fun. With that being said, if we took out the health factor, which is obvious, and the talent factor, uh, talent differential, what would you say uh, is the biggest thing that makes teams successful in the postseason? I'll let both of you answer. I think we um, spoke about it today. Yeah. I, th I yeah. think it was just the details, you know, the possession by possession taken at a time. And, um, you know, you get rest in the playoffs. You, you have a couple of days in between games. But the, the, the team that studies the other team the most makes the right adjustments and pays attention to the details and does possession at a time possession and values those possessions and finds ways to get easier possessions for themselves uh, throughout the postseason and, and does it for longer periods of time than other team, I think, is what everybody's kind of focused on. It's hard for some younger guys to understand it till they feel it or in it. Um, but every, every possession said so there's about 80 to 90 possessions per team. And, you know, every single one of them, they, they matter. Uh, a ton, uh, whether it's a loose ball, 50-50 ball, out of bounds, out of bounds play, free throw line, box out, um, you know, every possession can change the course of the game. So I think the details for, for what I would say is the biggest uh, concern or biggest emphasis for most teams. I agree. Um, definitely details, you know, from just from my time um, in, in Utah, you know, that was the biggest thing was just, you know, being able to execute um, like you said, the possession game, rebounds, turnovers, you know, ATOs coming out of the half, starting the game, closing the game, closing the quarters, like those little details, the game within the game is what we call it pretty much. And, you know, that's going to be the biggest thing in the adjustments that, you know, teams throughout these playoffs, you look at, you know, all these teams, that's what makes these great teams. You look at the the Golden States, you look at the Milwaukee who's won, um, you look at the Cavs when they had Braun, like you look at all the teams that have won the past few years and I'm missing uh, a couple but you know that's all it's been you know the little things and the little details like dg said and that's what ultimately makes you successful in the playoffs i want to ask don go ahead go sorry ahead. all right i wanted to switch up a little bit but uh still pertaining to basketball in the season and of course adjustments not only the team has made but you have made each year you have become more and more efficient as a star please talk about the adjustments you have made in the off season that have made you more of a perimeter threat obviously you've always been a perimeter threat but more efficient mm -hmm. from the three-point line and just you know making the tough shots because that's not always mm -hmm. it's not easy to do you make shots make they make them look easy but they're not easy they're contested mm -hmm. they're tough shots what have you done to make that more more efficient what do you focus on in the offseason to make those adjustments each year well, i think the first and foremost thing i think is your conditioning level um you know this year i think you know my conditioning has been at its best you know coming into the offseason or coming into the season i should say um, you know, and then putting yourselves in those positions throughout your workouts, throughout your, your, your times, whether it's your strength training, you're running on the, on the treadmill, on the track, you're in the gym, getting the, your skill work. Um, you know, I think that's been my biggest thing is just being able to, to, to put myself in the best situations, but then also on top of it, honestly, is shot selection. You know, I've always mm -hmm. felt like I could be this, this sufficient, you know, through the work that I put in. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, understanding what's a good shot, what's a bad shot, when it's needed, when it's not needed, being able to get guys involved, that's really been my thing throughout this this whole season is just trying to figure that out. Um, you know, I've done, a, I've done a pretty good job of it, and I think I can continue to be better. But as a whole this season, man, I think, you know, that's just been my thing is just being able to just take the proper shots when necessary and, you know, be more efficient. And people think of efficiency as, you know, oh, he shoots 50 from the field or 60 from the field or whatever from three. But a lot of it is your assisted turnover ratio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what's your like, what's your what's your plus minus is like and not plus minus is kind of skewed at times, but like how do you impact the game other ways outside of just scoring the basketball? Do you make the winning plays? And a lot of times all we see guys, 
not even just myself, but, you know, scorers around this league who look at it through scoring. But sometimes it's, you know, getting off it at the right time. Sometimes it's being a decoy. Sometimes it's taking the tough shots and making them. So as much as work as you put in, there's a mental component behind it too that um, I don't think, you know, people always think about when it comes to that. But definitely your work in the offseason, but shot selection was huge. Yeah, for sure. I've actually uh, noted to Danny earlier this season that you, in my opinion, you've really elevated your game with how willing you've become at the three-point line, mm -hmm. uh, really expanding the opportunities there for you as a scorer and just as a player in general, uh, tying a career high this season in three-point uh, percentage, 38.6, but a career high 28.6 points per game, 48% from the field and up to 93 uh, three-point attempts on the season. So uh, that's pretty damn good, uh, in my <laughs> opinion. And with that actually being said, um, quick thoughts on just the offensive explosion this year, not just for you, but the entire NBA. What, what are your thoughts on why it's become that way and where do you see it going forward? Um, you know, it's incredible this year. You look at the, I think it's 25 guys who've scored 40-plus this season, or is it 50-plus? Um, Something like that. Something like that's crazy. You know, I really don't – I don't have the answer for why. Um, hmm. It's great to see, um, to be honest. I love it. You know, I love watching it. Um, you know, I love being a part of it. You know, it makes the game, you know, exciting. It's it's what fans want to see. It's definitely tough when you – we've had, I think, 50 on us once with Dame in, uh, in Portland. Um, you know, and it's it's – it's one of those things, man, where you, you, you're in the zone, you're just there, you're locked in, you're ready to go. And you, you know, it's just get the ball, move out the way at some point in times, you know, I think then you look at, you know, the Joel Embiid's, what he was at, what he's, what he's doing. You look at the, obviously the Dame, the Steph Curry's, you know, the one that stands out to me is Steph Curry in the, uh, I guess the Clippers a few weeks ago, like that performance was, was masterful. Um, you know, Damian, Lillard, he had, he, he had Clay, Clay Thompson. Um, you know, like it, it goes, it goes down the line. Darius Garland, we had no business being in the game here against Minnesota at home. Completely finds a way to wield himself to a fifty-one point nine. Obviously, we lose, but you know, single-handedly bringing us back. Like, there's so many different guys you can look to. Luka Doncic, what he sixty, twenty, and eleven um, down there in, in in Dallas. You know, it's different areas, and you look at so many talents throughout the league, and it's it's great that this league has so many different talents throughout. You know, every single you know, every single team, every conference, you know, and whatever, every division. Um, so it's exciting to see, it's exciting to be a part of. And, you know, I think it's only going to take off and continue to be more as, elite, as we continue to move on. For sure. Especially with the fact that they've uh, adjusted some rules with the shot clock, yeah. offensive rebound and changing the pace and then the take fouls. You're not allowed to take fouls anymore, more fast, mm. more transition. Um, so I think that has definitely made it. Obviously with the fact that people are shooting and take and making more threes, um, but the fact that the, the game is a little bit more faster paced, and a lot of people want to see more offense uh, with the transition and the take fouls and, you know, and obviously the shot clock only 14 seconds after the offense rebound. Um, so, yeah, this is the first time I think it's a, since what 1980 that no team has scored less than 80 points. Uh, yeah. You've never seen that in the season. So I see it only growing from here. Fun. Oh, fun trivia question. I didn't put this on the rundown, but I'm going to ask you guys anyway. Do you guys know who has scored the least points per game in the NBA? Want to take a guess? This year, mm -hmm. a team or a player? A team, team. I think I know the team that scored the most was Sacramento. Correct? That's yeah, that's correct. But that's easy. Okay. The team that has okay. the lowest points per game in the NBA. 
Mm. You, the way you're talking, you're saying it like it's like it's us. The way you talk, <laughs> no, 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 no. The way the way he acts it, I'm like, it can't be us though. I'm like, he's saying it like it is. It is pretty shocking. It is pretty shocking. Um, uh, I'm gonna it? go probably the Knicks. No, 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 not the Knicks. Okay, then De- Detroit or something like that. That's what I'm thinking. Detroit is number 29. So there's one team worse than them in terms of points per game. Okay, so Detroit is the number two. So number one, mm-hmm. worst points in Detroit. Uh, not Indiana. Yeah. Rockets are number 28. So they're number three. Mm-hmm. I was going to say either Orlando. Orlando is wow. number 25. Wow. Yeah, this is I, shock. It's pretty shocking. Is this a, is a winning team? Is a playoff team? Chicago? It's a winning team. A winning team. Atlanta. It's not, it can't be Chicago. <laughs> Miami, nope. <laughs> Miami, one hundred nine point yeah. five. Wow. The only team yeah. in the NBA to score under yeah. one hundred and ten points per game this NBA season. So that was wow. a little trivia for you guys wow. there. Uh, one playing. person who, uh, <laughs> one person who hasn't had any trouble scoring uh, as of recently in the last thirty games, his scoring averages has gone up a bit of a tick. Uh, Evan Mobley. Uh, I know Danny when he's with Memphis, he said. Jaron Jackson was so important to that team's future, his development as an offensive weapon. And I, I, I think Danny might agree here. Evan Mobley, while Donovan, you're at a superstar level and Darius and, and uh, Jared are at all-star levels. And so pretty much is Evan, oh, he's almost there, but his ceiling, it would seem to be as high. Uh, what do you think his development would be for the Cleveland Cavaliers over the next two, three years? Where does he take the team if he continues to evolve? Um, you know, he can do, he can do it all. You know, I think the the biggest thing for him is, you know, I, I look at guys when a teammates of mine and, you know, there was one game in December, he didn't play well. Somebody got the better of him in a, in a, uh, in a matchup. And after that game, um, he decided to be in the weight room every single day, um, game day, non game day. That tells you a lot about, um, him as a his character, him as a player, him as a person, his will to want to get better. Nobody asked him to do it. Um, no coach came up to him and said, hey, you need to get in the weight room. He decided to do it on his own. That told me everything I need to know about Evan Mobley right there. Um, you know, he's a guy that can really change the, change the dynamic of a whole basketball game, offensively, defensively. Um, I was telling Danny earlier, like, there was a game where he said he was a little tired. And he still had 18 and 16, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that. And it was quiet and like a quiet 18 and 16 on a, on a so-called off night, you know, and his development. And he's only gotten better as the year goes on. And that's what I speak to as far as this year. He's been a big part of our team's success. And as far as this organization goes with him, um, you know, he's 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 got it. You know, he's only going to continue to get better. And he hasn't even developed his three-point shot to what it can potentially be. Um, I'm excited to see him continually grow. Um, you know, I'll be here alongside him. And, you know, I think for, for us, DJ, I know about you, but like, it's just, it's amazing to watch sometimes you see some things oh, yeah. and it's just like, man, like, I don't even know if he knew that he just did that. Oh yeah. He's, <laughs> you know? he has no idea how good he is or can be yet. Um, I think that's the, but he's, he's definitely got the motor. He's got the character. He's got the the habits. Um, he's got the will to want to be great. So I, I agree with Donovan. I, I expect him to be an all-star next two or three years. What's good? Welcome back to Inside the Green Room. Harrison yeah. Sanford alongside Danny Green. And we are joined by a former, his former teammate, Desmond Bain. Thank you for joining the show, my friend. Good. 
Yeah, appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a while, man. I mean, we've been hooping. I was for my, for my boy DG anytime. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Looking forward to talking about the NBA playoffs that are coming out. Uh, looking forward to get, digging into uh, Desmond's uh, past for a little bit. But I will say this. Uh, immediately, as soon as I saw the draw last night, I said, well, <laughs> we're definitely getting a Lakers-Grizzlies series. And not just because I think the Lakers are really a good team or a lot better than how they started the season, because a lot of things happened with the Minnesota Timberwolves yesterday. Uh, I don't know who wants to go first. <laughs> but many things happened. And I know you guys got your phones. You saw it. You have opinions. Yeah. Uh, Des, I will let Desmond, our guest, go first. Desmond, what were your thoughts on everything that you saw in Minnesota Sunday night? I'm Team K, first and foremost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my dog. Around. Me too. Me too. That's my dog, too. That's my, he's my rook for, for a couple of years. I had him for four years. So K uh, is my dog. Uh, you know, it was what it was. You know what I'm saying? Tippers player on the court. Um, you know, I don't know how the whole situation was handled and what exactly was said, but, um, you know, I, I just don't think anything ever gets to that level um, when you, you know what I'm saying, wearing the same jersey, you're in a game, y'all been together for 82 games. Um, I just don't think it gets to that level as teammates. Yeah, it shouldn't, uh, usually, especially during the timing of it. I think that was what's strange. And, you know, I said, I'm a Team K all, all day. You know, that's my dog from Jersey. You know, he's my rook. I've known him and his family for a long time, um, you know, but he's, he comes, he knows how to, he plays the right way. He wants to win. And I'm sure he holds guys to a standard. Um, and I don't know how sensitive Rudy is. I don't know him well enough. I could ask Donovan to see, you know, what kind of person he is, but it looked like at the that moment, he was a little upset by whatever slow-mo said to him and didn't react the right way. Yeah. Um, and Kane, a, like you said, Kane's from Jersey, bro. He's an experienced dude in the league. He's got some respect. Like, in our locker room, you could tell he was growing into a, a leader. Like, he wasn't scared to say nothing to nobody. And we all appreciated it, you know what I'm saying? As a young team, like, and you know, Rudy, he's got his money. He's a, you know, max player, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, so he might not take it the same way that, you know, a young guy would take it or whatever. But, um, you know, I like I said, I'm TK. Word. And uh, so before we get to that, uh, I want to – because your thoughts possibly could be Minnesota, even though things have gone kind of sideways for them. You guys have a history against that team as well in, in a playoff series. Obviously, the team's a lot different from what it was last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, talk about that matchup being a possibility and what that, you know, what kind of advantages and advantages you guys have and what kind of challenge that, that brings to you guys on the table. Yeah, I mean, I think I would love to play, you know, Lakers or Minnesota. You know, I think we're confident um, whoever we're going to see. Obviously, they're a good team. Um, you know, I think Gobert being on the floor might help us. Um, actually, you know, Steve-O got played off the floor last year because um, Cat's facing the floor, doing a lot of different things on the floor, which obviously presents challenges. Um, but now he'll be able to play two bigs, which is more traditional for us. Um, you know, and Jay McDaniels being out, obviously, would be huge. Um, Another thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Dude, dude punching the wall, man. Broke his wrist, yeah. broke his hand. It's like, bro. So yeah, Minnesota's got got a lot of you know things on the on the bad side, right? Going for them right at the wrong time. You know, so you exactly. part of the playoffs and winning is being healthy. That's a part of the luck that you need. And they're they're getting a little unlucky right now. Go ahead, H. What you at? Yeah. No. Let's not forget too. Nas Reed also was yeah. done, done for the season because he tried to when oh, he, he had a damn, wrist injury after trying yeah. to dunk on somebody. I forgot to get the Phoenix game. You've been balling. 
I like his game. He's hooping. Yeah, yeah, he can hoop, man. He's a hooper. So Minnesota's down pretty bad right now. Yeah. Um, but I still would like yeah. to see them in that eight seed and, and figure it out and make the playoffs because they've been playing well all year and they deserve to be in the playoffs. Regardless, the West is tied up. It's really tight. We have some fun series ahead. Uh, H, you know, that, that Clippers Sun series is one you're looking forward to. And I think I'll be looking forward to that Memphis Lakers series. Let's talk about the matchup that you guys and the history you have with them as well, because you do have a history uh, with the Lakers in the past, a little guy, a little chippy at some point. Uh, so talk about your matchup possibly being with them and what you look forward to and, and the challenge that they bring. I mean, obviously, you know, they're an experienced group, um, you know, it's been there before with Brian and AD. Um, obviously, you were on that team, too. Um, but, you know, they've, they've done what we're trying to do. So obviously, they have that going for them. Um, but, you know, I mean, they pieced this team together after the deadline and, you know, they've been playing well, but, you know, the game changes, the game tightens up in the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously, AD will be a matchup problem with, with Steve-O out um, and, and BC, of course. We lost both of our bigs during the season, but, you know, Xavier Tillman stepped up and he's been playing his ass off. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been so. great for y'all. He's been great for y'all. And it's going to be a, a challenge for Jaron, man, staying out of foul trouble. So. The three keys, we're going to need three keys for your matchup against Minnesota first. What are the three keys you think in the challenge you see? I do remember playing when I was with you guys, Minnesota during the year, and how y'all guarded Solomon. I, I think he kind of took it a little personally. He had some big games against us. Sure. Uh, and uh, I'm wondering how, if you guys will change how to guard him or what your matchups are, your three keys of playing against Minnesota if you catch them in the first round. That's a good question, How what we would do game plan-wise. Because like you said, we did have big games against us. Um, Playoffs is a different animal, though. You know, mm -hmm. you got to kind of live with the numbers, and you know, we'll we'll see what we decide to do. But um, you know, obviously, contain Cat and and Ant. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they traditionally are higher up in the pick and rolls and blitz coverage, and that kind of gave us some problems um, previously. Depend on you know what happens with Gobert or whatever, because you know he'll be in the drop, which will actually work to our advantage, I think. And then just just finding our pace in the playoffs. I mean, you know, it turns into a half court game and uh, we're a team that needs to get out and run and, and get transition to be at our best. So I think if we can do those three things, we'll have a good chance. For sure. I th We always talked about how you guys have struggled in a half court and that you guys thrive in transition. And the playoffs is where the game slows down a little bit. And you got to sure. find ways to get the easy baskets, whether it's transition or get to the free throw line. Um, I know 12 has been more uh, of attacking at the rim and so has Jaron. Um, and you, as yourself as well. So I'm wondering, and I'm excited to see how you guys, this playoffs, the growth that you take of, of executing a half court and seeing what you guys can create with the addition of Luke Kennard, giving you guys some more floor spacing and some shooting. He's been playing a ton for you guys. Talk about that, about that a little bit and what, what, how that's helped you guys with the addition of him. Nah, it's been huge. I mean, you, you've been in our locker room and mm -hmm. uh, that's the thing that we've been saying all year long is we needed, um, you know, some more shooting. I mean, obviously, when you got guys like John, like Jaron, I mean, Jaron's been playing out of his mind lately. So, you know, teams are going to start sending double teams and, and different coverages to him. So, giving him the most, you know, freedom and space to be able to play, um, you know, I think has, has been huge. And Luke's been shooting shit out of him. I think he's yeah. shooting like 55, damn near 60% for this joint. Yeah. Yeah. He's been lighting it up, man. So, now on to the Lakers, the three keys that you have uh, for them. But before I get to the three keys, 
Um, is there still a, a little dislike for them? Is it still a little edgy situation, or have y'all squashed the beef uh, recently? And, and, the, and the come playoff times, I feel like anything that was ever pre-existing always rears its head. So you yeah, know, <laughs> beef, the beef ain't gonna be squashed till the series is over. Okay, but I, yeah, during regular season, I noticed y'all weren't as everything seemed kind of smooth and cool when y'all played against some regular season. Sure. So I'm assuming. So, of course, with DB being who DB is, exactly. uh, he's going to exactly. bring the chippiness out and there's going to be some stuff with, you know, him, Bron, and whoever else, AD, he's going to talk his, talk his shit a little bit. So, yeah. I said, it's going to be a fun series. I'm excited to watch it. Whoever it is that you guys end up matching up to. So, But, Harrison, you want the three keys, right? You want his three? Uh... Well, yeah, well, we can get to the three keys uh, for the Lakers series. But before we get to that, you guys talked about Jaden McDaniels not being there because he punched the wall. I, I am curious. Let Desmond go first. Uh, what was the basketball moment that made you that frustrated? Well, obviously you didn't punch a wall. <laughs> Thankfully, you got your hands together. Yeah. You, but I think we've all done that actually moment? before. And that's definitely crazy. a time. I was literally just gonna say that, bro. I got. We've all done that before. It was crazy. I was talking to my boys too in a group chat. And they're like, "Yo, when do you think he thought in his mind that that was a dumb thing to do? Immediately, you feel the pain right away, and you're like, sure, you know, that was a." But usually you do it when you're a kid. So it's a, the yeah. moment for you, Des, when was that moment for you? I was a high school kid, man, playing open gym in the summer. You know what I'm saying? I'm struggling, not making shots. You know, in the high school gyms, they got the little pad on the yeah. board of cement walls. So I go and lay into it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure, I'm grabbing my hand. They, they talking about, come on, Des. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. I go home. <laughs> And like, I'm laying in bed. I already told my grandma, like I hurt my hand. And like, I'm just laying there. It just keeps swelling up and swelling up and swelling up. And I go downstairs and I'm, by the time I get downstairs, it's like, you can't even see my knuckles anymore. So I was like, yeah, I think there's something going on here. So <laughs> I'm going to get a little extra in. I had a Bro, box fracture, so. That's exact, every time you always, I, I was at Island Garden H. And Island Garden got the poles, the pillars, but they have the cushion wrapped around them. So you think you're safe when you punch the cushion. <laughs> so I'm like, damn. And I punched that. I think I punched with my left hand, but it might have been my right hand. Punched it. No cushion in that joint. Right to the metal. Nothing. No give. Said, no give. Oh, <laughs> shit. No give. <laughs> oh, shit. I, but you can't say that in your mind. You're like, oh, shit. Like, damn. But you got to act like, damn. For sure. Try yeah, to play it off. Keep playing. Like, damn, I should hurt, boy. Yeah, you already look crazy going like, on. What a cushion at? Y'all just don't cushion these things. What the fuck going on? <laughs> Bro, shit was crazy. That shit's happened to every one of us. Everyone, but you usually say when you're young, you learn, like, I can't punch it no more. Exactly. Jaden said he's pr still probably, like, 18. He's so young. He probably never, exactly. you know, kids oh, come as a league these days. That's yeah. good. I saw that last night. I was like, I was, he's bugging. But I'm, Danny, and does thanks for letting me know that every hooper has done that. Maybe I didn't hoop long enough. Uh, <laughs> I, for sure, didn't do that. That <laughs> is for sure. Uh, but you didn't get frustrated talk, enough. Yeah. As we get ready to talk about those three keys for the Lakers, though. Uh, Des, I don't know if it's going to be on your list, so I'm going to put it on your list for you and you can let you comment on it. But yeah. I would assume, uh, getting into it with courtside spectators would be on the list, <laughs> right? Hey, is, is he going to be allowed in the arena? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he is. He's not a regular civilian, as the yeah, yeah, would say, yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's not right, a regular citizen, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. He was yeah. like, he's a normal citizen. He's not a normal, regular civilian. <laughs> he gets into games. The guy's, he's, he's somebody. So I think he gets, I don't know if he'll be courtside right there. He might be 
second row or they might put them, you know, in a little suite or a box yeah. or something, keep them off yeah, the court. Sure. But it's going to be interesting, man. I can't wait to see it. Uh, it's definitely, you know, that it ain't going to be uh, swept under the rug, that's for sure. I mean, knowing, knowing our team and knowing how we go about our business. <laughs> Also, and before you before you get to the keys, also as well, I, I do have to get into the more important stuff is the X's and O's. Uh, but I do have to know uh, about Dylan Brooks, uh, particularly uh, when did you find out about his outfit for Sunday's game with the permed <laughs> outflow? Bro, I'm I'm so I'm we're not playing, and I I still had a shooting time, and so I'm just on the court talking. It's like forty minutes on the clock. We're walking back, and I'm talking to X and. DB walks like in front of me and I didn't even know it was him. Like I was <laughs> who is this? I turned around and you know DB got his little ugly smile. You mean doing like, oh my god, this is crazy. So I'm following DB into the locker room to see everybody's reaction when he walks in there. And I'm tapping people like, yo, look at DB, look at DB. We're like, we don't know for like, dang, bro, that's tough. Or are we trying to calm him? Or, you know what I'm saying? But bro, he, he definitely like Cat Williams, bro. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? You don't see what DB wears until DB shows up to the arena. And you're like, what the hell, DB? Yeah. What the hell is exactly. Oh, that's, that's what we on today? Yeah. Either you half naked or fully clothed with your hair looking crazy. What's going on, bro? You know, Shay and, Shay and Lou Dort, the other Canadians on the other team, he trying to outdo them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's my dog, though, for sure. Guys, did, did you refer to Dylan as evil Danny Green, too? I definitely I definitely will take that. I definitely <laughs> Evil Danny nah, Green. He wasn't referred to it as much, but I called him twin while I was there, here and there. Once in the blue, my, into the blue he just, he's a wild boy. But I'm like, bro. Twin, what you on, bro? What's going on? Like, I'm trying to like rub off on him in a positive light. Like, come on, bring bring you over to the good side, bro. You don't gotta be. You don't gotta be people all damn day, bro. All day he's trying. He's messing with people. Like, come on, DBP, be a normal. You're a normal guy today. But that's just him, man. He likes to mess with. He loves to talk his shit. He likes to mess with people. You know what I'm saying? He likes to get under people. He likes to compete. That's just the competitive nature in him. I wouldn't even know what type of player he'd be without it. Like exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what makes him who he is, and um. You know, you gotta live with the with the twenty technicals and the first team all defense. You know what I'm saying? God, it's just paper. Jesus Christ, the TV. It's just paper. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, just, every time I look, every time I look at the line, I'm like, yo, what is DB on, bro? Yeah. Sure. I gotta catch up with him and tap in with him and see what's going on with him. But that's my dog, man. That's why. That's why y'all need him. Y'all need that edge. And that's for why sure. y'all love him, man, because he he brings that edge for y'all. And he, he's always gonna bring some different a different perspective. Uh, but he's going to keep y'all in, in line and he's a lead y'all in a certain way to keep everybody accountable. So, um, yeah, he, he's a guy that you hate playing against, but when he's on your team, man, you love him. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to him. I'm expecting him to have a big series, whoever it is y'all match up to. The the one thing I am excited for this playoffs here, uh, Desmond, is just the development of your team in general. Yeah. Uh, Jaron's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Uh, you've gotten a lot better. Your game is definitely diversified. Um, and I think the game or the time that Ja has missed really helped you guys maybe find something or some other things to go to. Uh, what were, how did you, how would you evaluate that time without Ja and how it makes you guys maybe a better team going into this playoffs, despite the fact you'll be without some of your big guys and Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a blessing in disguise. I mean, obviously, John Moran's going to come back and he's going to be an all-NBA, 
you know, caliber player in the playoffs. So we know what we're getting from him. And, um, you know, we had to find other ways during that time. And we were really featuring Jaron, um, you know, playing through him in the post and, um, you know, just getting in reps that he probably wouldn't have got with me and Job ja both healthy and on the floor. So, I mean, I think that, that kind of brought something out of him that he didn't even know that he had in him. You know, I mean, he's had multiple 30-point games, 40-point games. Obviously, he's been doing what he does on the defensive end. But when we talk about us struggling in the half court, now we have, you know, an option to throw it, dump it down, um, you know, in the post when, when things are getting a little frantic and um, he can go and make a play or get to the foul line for us. So I think that, uh, you know, that's going to be huge for us moving into the postseason. For sure. I, I love this opportunity for X. Obviously, we've seen what Tyus can do. Him and BC yeah. have always been you guys' bench guys. Santi as well um, this year has grown a, a bunch, and I think this is going to give uh, X and Santi a huge opportunity to to prove them and show, themse show themselves as playoff and, and become that household name that they deserve because those guys work extremely hard, especially X. X has been you know up and down through the G League, and now he's been starting, playing a lot of minutes. Um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And he's a, such a great dude, man. You just love to see that he's getting his opportunity to hoop. And I think he will do because people underestimate, underestimate, uh, underestimate him. You know, he's a, a very good, solid big man that, that rebounds well, can contest shots, very good with his hands um, and active, active on the glass, acting on the defensive end and does wow. little things that you need. So uh, I'm excited for the opportunity for him and Santi to, to, to prove themselves and, uh, you know, show out what, show what they can do, man, and be a part of you guys group and then you guys success. Yeah, we're gonna need them for sure. <clears throat> you know, as we uh, continue to look at the your playoff potential against uh, the Los Angeles Lakers or the Minnesota Timberwolves, I am curious. Do you find yourself looking at the other playoff series as well? Any series that you're personally looking forward to watching that you won't play in? I mean, I I think that all the series. I mean, we were looking at it and we were like, if we get the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, whoever we get, we're gonna be seeing a quality opponent. You know, I mean, all the, the teams lumped up in the Western Conference. I mean, the eight seed might be C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram. You know, seven seed, you're seeing LeBron and A.D., the Golden State Warriors defending champs at six. Clippers were probably the favorite to win it all at the beginning of the year at five. Phoenix went back A.D. at four. You know, I mean, it's, it's just <clears throat> it's going to be a good series all up and down the West. <clears throat> I guess, yeah, I guess we guys should have... Go ahead. H. I should have rephrased it. I'm wondering which series are you looking forward to uh, watching? Yeah. Um, I would say probably the uh, probably the Golden State uh, Sacramento series. Just you know, Mike Brown. Coming That's a sleeper right there, man. I think people sleeping on Sacramento, man. I like I like Golden State hey. very good, but I think Sacramento's got something this year, well, man. We still on our team when we played them on the road, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They hit like 12, they hit like 10 out of 11 threes to start the game. They were like, they hit 12 in the first quarter. They were, if they get hot like that, unbelievable. Obviously, you know, Keegan Murray, he's he's a, a great three-point threat for them shooter, but they have a lot of guys that can score. But with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis leading them, they got some good some good things going, and they're very well coached this year. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be more exciting series. And I think they're going to go more games than people expect. People think Golden State's going to get them, you know, 4-1, 4-2. I think that's a six, seven, seven game series, man. I think it's going to be a, a hard fought battle series. You know, you know, the interesting thing, offense is exploding so far this year. The Sacramento Kings actually have uh, the highest offensive rating of all time in NBA history since they started tracking the stat. I'm curious. Oh, and I actually, there was an interview 
where Mark Cuban uh, was talking about things that went kind of south this year for the team. And one of the things that he pointed out was the, the restriction or the, uh, the take foul, basically saying no more take fouls really hurt their defense or whatever it might have accumulated to. I'm curious, I'll let Des go first. Why do you think offenses are going so crazy? And do you think it could actually carry into the playoffs? Because obviously that would help a team like the Kings. Yeah, I mean, I think that, one, the players are just getting better. I mean, I think that skill development, um, you know, guys being able to do multiple things on the floor, um, the space, the pace that guys play with. I mean, teams are shooting the ball four or five seconds in the shot clock and coaches clapping saying that's a good shot. You know, I'm pulling up no pass three off the rebound and coaches telling me it's a good look. So the game is just, just changing. Yeah. The guys, you know, having the ability to take and make those type of shots, it's it's hard to defend, especially mixed with, you know, the take foul rules and you can't put hands on guys, no defensive three seconds. I mean, the game's tailored for, for offenses to, to score. 100%. I, I agree. Um, and this is the first time, I don't know if you've seen that, H said that no team has scored less than 80 points this year um, because of the take foul, you know, obviously shot clock changing to 14 seconds after offense rebound. I think more possessions are happening faster. Um, he said more threes are taken. That has definitely changed the game quite a bit. I still do think that there's some things that need to be tightened up. And they're very inconsistent with the take foul sometimes. Oh, my um, God. You know? <laughs> so it'd be, a, it'd be a slow, slight transition. You foul a guy, and it's like, all right, he gets two free throws. I do think that they need to change the challenge. You need to be able to have at least two, one and a half, or be able to keep it if you win it type situation. I like, I like keep it if you want it. Keep it if Put you want it. Put a shot clock on the challenge, too. Put a shot clock on the challenge. You can't have challenges that last five minutes. 100%. That's ridiculous. I yeah. can't stand it. All right. Sorry, Daniel. Also, because, on. you know, they, yeah, for sure, 100%. Um, I think the other one that I was not too happy with was um, – the 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 referees not be able to review on their own under two minutes. Okay. Why do you have to use a challenge for out of bounds call yeah. when a referee himself can like, all right, we didn't see it right away. You know, I think referee they, they I don't know why they took that away, but now you have to use your challenges for things that you shouldn't use your challenge for, especially when it's the last two minutes of the game. Referees should be able to look at it themselves and say, all right, who's this ball off of this, that, and other, et cetera, and, and figure it out. And you said they should have a, a timing on the challenge because them taking forever. Um, is out of pocket. You know what I'm saying? I, they see in baseball, they speed up the pitch, you know, count now because they have 30, 20 seconds in between each pitch um, to remember get the, the pitcher to, you know, get back and also the batter to get on the mound and, and get back to it. So the speeds the baseball game up a little faster. I wouldn't say they're out. They're just down bad right now. And for game for the, with Rudy Gobert's suspension for that game, it's going to be a little tougher for them. So with the Lakers matchup, what are the some of your main keys of that matchup you know, with them, with their new team. Obviously, it's a team that – I don't know if y'all face them with the new additions. Um, we, we have uh, – I think Brown was out. Like, a lot of guys were sitting out that game, right? Okay, so, yeah. So, the keys and, and uh, the, the bullet points that you have playing against that new Laker team. So, I think um, containing Anthony Davis, I'm sure, is probably top on the list, AD and Brown. Um Staying out of foul trouble, I think it will be huge. Um, that is a huge thing for them. They've been racking up free throws when it comes to Austin Reeves, Schroeder, sure. D'Angelo Russell, all of those guys. Obviously, Brian AD, they get their free throws. But when you got the other guys getting free throws too, they were leading the league at one point in free throw attempts by a, a huge margin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see said how y'all guard, obviously, AD and Brian, but 
the others, um, who's the X factors you think are for them that you want to make sure don't become wild cards um, and get loose? Uh, I think Beasley's always dangerous. Um, yeah. you know, he's coming off the bench now. He's a guy that can go for five, six threes in 20 minutes, you know, so I think containing him, um, you know, I mean, I like a lot of our matchups that we'd have in the starting lineups, um, you know, offensively and defensively. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, he's really X factor. Um, and then I would, like I said, containing AD and Bron, cause you know, it's going to be their, their show coming into the game. I think, I think AD and Bron are always going to do what they do. Stu superstars always do. But I think if you guys can contain and everybody talks about D'Lo, like he's not getting paid like a max player. And he's like, damn near all-star. He was an all-star, I think in the East, if I'm not mistaken, or damn near was. was with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but containing D'Lo and Beasley, those two guys, you don't let those guys get wild. You can live with Vando having a decent game or two, Schroeder having a decent game, Austin Reeves. But if you let D'Lo and Malik Beasley get, I think those are two X factors that you guys have to minimize offensively to, to you know, give give yourselves, especially when you have shooting nights. You got Luke Kennard now. When you have shooting nights at, or the half court when it slows down for you guys and they get to free the line, those are going to be the keys for y'all to kind of being successful against that group. But it's going to be a hell of a series, man. Drowning out the noise, too. I mean, yeah. I, media is probably just going. Well, playing in LA is not easy. That's the biggest thing, you know. Obviously, we going you know, from Memphis. Memphis is easy to be professional, stay home and low key. And you got guys in LA, keep them on pace. I said that's why I like X for you guys. I like Santi. Those guys are very hard nosed, straight on. You know, we appreciate <laughs> you, brother man. Re rate, subscribe, review for those who are tuning in and listening. Uh, thank you guys very much. See you again. See you guys soon next week. Playoffs are, are, are here. So, see you time. guys. Peace.